Hi everyone, good morning and welcome. This is Seek Sustainable Japan, sustainable short takes and updates. And today we have a special episode where we are talking about our amazing Women to Inspire a Sustainable Japan event on May 14th. I'm JJ Walsh, a sustainability, I can't even say that word, sustainability focused a consultant for tourism industry in Hiroshima, Japan, and joined by... Hi, I'm Tova Kinoka, and I'm a sustainability consultant, just managed to say it this time, um, focused on sort of uh, large companies, mainly based in Tokyo, well, based in Yokohama, just outside Tokyo. Yeah, and we actually had a chance to meet in person uh, last week after the event, which was so fun. We've been planning this whole event, doing everything online, and uh, that is our new virtual reality, but it was nice to meet you in person, Tova, after all this. No, it was great. I think there's there's nothing quite like meeting the real 3D version of the person to, uh, yeah, to really connect. So that was wonderful. Yeah. But it, it's amazing, and I felt the same. I've met a bunch of people recently, um, at the Kominka Summit, at the Japan Times event, at the Fukuoka event, who I've interviewed online but never met in person. And meeting them in person, you already coming at a place where you already feel like you know them. Yeah. And the same with you. That was so lovely. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people commented that about the events themselves, that it was just so wonderful to be in a, a room with real people again. And the quality of conversation and connection um, in that setting was just so different. It was amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, so let's go through a little bit about the event. Uh, I'm starting to put up uh, video clips of the event for people who bought tickets and supported the event. Uh, we also collected some money supporting uh, Second Harvest in Japan. Uh, do you want to give a little overview of Second Harvest? So Second Harvest are um, an MPO based in Tokyo, and um, they work to uh, with companies to, to get the food um, that's going to go to waste. So from businesses, hotels, restaurants, shops, etc., that's you know, coming to the end of its shelf life, it's going to be thrown out. They collect that and then they redistribute it to people who are struggling to, to buy their own food. So they're helping with food loss, but they're also helping with um, food insecurity. So it's a really, really important um, service that they're providing and uh, anything we can do to support them is, you know, a really wonderful thing. Yeah, fantastic organization. And I think the fact that they're uh, addressing the social impact part of food loss and food insecurity, as well as the environmental impacts of, of food loss, least of food in Japan, that's double that's what yeah. we're trying to do with the event as well talking about the people and the planet and the profit side right exactly all these things are so closely interlinked so uh, it's wonderful to see the work that they're doing and and a privilege to be able to support it and if you are based in tokyo they're always looking for volunteers to go and help so uh, do reach out to them yeah i'll put the link in the chat here and it's wonderful news that i have reached out to the organization and i will We'll be talking founder uh, Charles McJilton on the 8th of June. So stay tuned for that talk. Should be a good one to find out more about this amazing work that they're doing. Brilliant. No, that will be good. Do listen in. Yeah. 
Uh, Tova, you had a great introduction at the start of the event. We were having some technical issues. I wasn't sure if people could hear me from Hiroshima or uh, you, you were having some echo issues. But um, what you ended up saying about the event and being an event that we wanted to put women at the forefront. We wanted to put women leaders with things to say yeah. um, in the spotlight. And I think that is still such a rare kind of event in Japan, don't you think? It really is. And particularly when it's not focused specifically on sort of gender issues. So we were focused on sustainability the entire day, nothing in the agenda really, or very, only a very small part was looking at, you know, the sort of specifically at um, gender equality or anything like that. We were talking about real work that's being done on environmental issues, on uh, different areas of social um, sustainability. And it just happened that we had an amazing lineup of female experts and speakers on that. So uh, it was really wonderful to see that, I think. And uh, like you, you said uh, in the beginning as well, we both know so many amazing women. Yeah. And uh, we did go back and forth of whether to have a, a mixed uh, <laughs> panel, even even Stephen. Um, yeah. But to counterbalance the many, many events, which are only men, we thought we'd try to do an only women event. But we were so happy to have some men who were participants in our events as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So on the Tokyo side, we had one male speaker in the end, um, James Hollow, CEO of Fabric, um, who was brilliant. Um, and yeah, we, we do need to have, you know, an inclusive conversation here. And you can see James in the, the front, just to the right of Angela, who's in the blue there. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just so powerful, I think, to have all these awesome women, not there because they were a woman, but because they're actually just brilliant practitioners or experts in their particular fields of sustainability. Um, that was a very powerful thing to see. The atmosphere, I think, was very different to a lot of the male-dominated events I've been to. It was really open. Um, people were not hesitating to talk out. People were getting very, very practical. Um, there, there was nothing taboo. It was really um, inspiring to see yeah, how, how deep people were prepared to go and how open and vulnerable they were prepared to be and then really practical helping each other find, you know, ideas for next steps and so on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we also had Mo San, who was amazing helping with the technicals. And uh, we had a local tour guide who helped train me to get some background on the area. And then I did the sustainable focus tour as a part of our event, but he was there in support um, mm -hmm. during the tour. Um, so it was nice to have uh, the male support as well. But one thing that Mo said, who was doing the technical side for us and so important, thank you so much, Mo. Um, he was saying, he's been to so many events and he never sees or he rarely sees women speaking out women right. sharing their ideas sharing their questions mm -hmm. um so even from his perspective he could see the value of doing this kind of event absolutely absolutely yeah uh, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the feedback before we we talk about the different parts 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've had several emails um, from people who were there. And um, I think there are a couple of quotes we've got ready we can share. But people feeling, I think, coming away feeling really inspired, motivated um, to, to put sustainability action into their daily lives, into uh, work. Um, I think, you know, th this it's such a huge topic, right? And it can be so daunting. Like, where do you even start? And particularly if you're not in a sustainability role officially in whatever organization you're working in, you know, is it your responsibility? Can you do anything? Do you have the the, the power to do that? Um, so the, the second workshop we did in Tokyo in the afternoon was looking at exactly that. Um, and it was incredible what people were, were coming up with, actually. We started looking at kind of your spheres of influence, which is a tool that we use in our, our client work. And starting with that circle of control, like looking at what can you do, you personally, when you go back to work next week, what changes can you make in your own behavior that will be helpful? And then perhaps start to engage and, and influence others as well, sort of your, your next level of um, sort of influence. And, and people were really um, coming up with very practical solutions. And a lot of people afterwards sort of came up and said to me or have commented when I've seen them since that, yeah, I didn't think I could do anything. And now I know I can. Um, and they were all sharing ideas with each other. And we had people from every kind of industry you can think of. We had big corporates. We had people who work in SMEs, in startups, in grassroots MPOs, um, just coming and saying, oh, no, 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 now I know what I can do. I'm going to go back on Monday and I'm going to change this or I'm going to do that. Um, and that, I think, was really empowering. Yeah, that was wonderful. I, I heard that maybe from you or from James. Um, people were saying, okay, on Monday, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And you're like, what? Wow. <laughs> like it was actionable. Uh, yes. What people were learning, it wasn't just going to a conference and filing it somewhere back there mm. and never acting on it. And I really felt that from our participants in Hiroshima yeah. as well. Yeah. People were like, oh, how can I actually activate this in my life, in my work, in my travel? Yes. That was awesome. No, no. And that, that's what it that's what's important, right? Because you can go and listen to the experts, but they're they're the minority, right? And then the rest of the people, if if they don't know how they can apply this in their own lives, we're still not going to get things shifting as quickly as they need to. So if we can show people this is an action you can take, and that will in turn influence others and build momentum, then then we start to move things. Absolutely. So that's when it gets really interesting. Yeah, great uh, comment from Azizi San on LinkedIn. Thanks, Azizi San. I think that when people gather for reasons other than self aggrandize, I can't even say that word. Grandizement. It's a difficult word, isn't it? It's too many letters. You'll have a real positive energy. And I, I think, yes. you know, it, it was a wonderful location. Mm. Uh, you had a wonderful venue in central Tokyo. We had an amazing venue mm. in Mitrai, very remote historical town, very different kind mm. of focus. Like yeah. you you had a lot of corporate people talking about how businesses are going to put it into action as mm -hmm. well as consumer input how do the consumers see um, yes. these kind of policies and what do consumers want so that's an interesting dynamic too right it is a very interesting dynamic and i think you know a couple of comments on that i think one thing that worked really really well was the combination of having the, the sort of the expert panels like this in the morning um 
But then all of those speakers stayed the entire day and got stuck into the, the conversations and the discussions as equals. They weren't coming in just back to Azizi's point there. They weren't coming in and saying, well, we're the speakers, you know, and, and, and you're the, the audience down there. Listen to us experts. They were there in the thick of the discussions, listening, learning as well. Um, so it was two way learning all day all day. It was really, really um, wonderful to see that happening. Um, and also the, the, the format, like you say, of having um, maybe the industry people getting then feedback and the input from their consumers and saying, well, actually, you know, when we're thinking about buying your products or your service, these are the challenges that are, are going through our heads. You know, here's what might make us hesitate. Here's what might make us um, change our, our buying decision and that's really really important for the for the companies to hear you know you can do your marketing surveys but how often do you get the chance to sit down face to face with people and go actually right tell us what we can do differently tell us what we can do better what are you struggling with um, and and what ideas do you have for improving this can we co-create um, you know some some new way forward um, that is so powerful yeah Absolutely. And uh, I did a feedback form and got some great insights from people. Uh, people saying so important to get the energy and inspiration from others, especially women, and to celebrate each other's work. Fantastic yes. selection and array of speakers. I learned so much, was so inspired. I think the exact same event could be held in different attendees would love it as much. So <laughs> it was so interesting to to read and to hear how inspired people were and how much they they felt connected to yeah. so many other people it wasn't like those are just the experts the separated from us mm -hmm. they felt really connected to yeah. what the speakers were talking about and like you said that was really magic i've never seen that at other events uh right. recently not for a while no no certainly not for a long time and and not that sort of i think because it was all day as well people really had multiple opportunities to to talk to each other and to have sort of deep conversations it wasn't five minutes at the end of a you know a conversation uh, you know, presentation or something like that before you get shoved out the door and off you go. Um, so I think there were there were real quality connections made. Um, and I know several people I've spoken to said, oh, yes, I've reached out to this person and we're going to meet and talk and going to invite them to my company or something as a speaker. And I think, yeah, that's fantastic. That's what we want to see happening. Um, because Angela, our, our keynote speaker, made this wonderful point at the beginning. She's like, every single one of us, our actions matter because we in our lifetime for example will know a thousand people um and then each of those thousand people will know a thousand people when you start thinking like that those numbers are huge right so if you can start connecting and saying right okay well this person this person let's get together and um reach a whole new uh, sort of range of people, whether that's through a presentation or some kind of event or whatever, then suddenly the, the scale of the the impact you can have is, um, you know, vastly different to just doing your actions by yourself, even though that's important too, but you can really scale it in this way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of scale and uh, future endeavors, uh, so we did this first event together uh, at the same time in different locations. Um, but what we're thinking going forward is we might have different dates, different yep. times, um, and even expand way outside of where we are both are. We really hope that this starts a movement and maybe have chapters of empowering women, uh, inspiring us all around yeah. Japan. Wouldn't that be great? That would be so wonderful to see. And I think there really is scope to do that, right? We, we tried out the format. We weren't sure whether it would work. We were pretty ambitious and uh, it did. It really worked. I think, you know, uh, there, there's so much scope to do this in other places as well. There are so many amazing people around Japan. You probably interviewed <laughs> half of them already. Um, but, you know, the, there are there are people out there who can inspire and influence everywhere. And if we can help people connect with each other and, and move that forward, then yes, it really can become a movement. And I think that's a very, very exciting prospect. Yeah. And one other thing I, I think we, we did on purpose, but I would love to see more uh, mm -hmm. for sustainability events like this, is we try to show in our doing of the event how you can also put sustainability into action. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about your food and drink? Yeah, absolutely. So um, from the outset, we decided that uh, the catering would all be vegan. Um, just to, to show people who maybe don't already uh, follow a vegan diet that, you know, these are options um, and it's it's really good food, actually. Um, I'm not vegan all the time. I sometimes eat vegan. I'm mostly vegetarian. I occasionally still eat um, sort of fish or something. But um, I think a lot of people <clears throat> hesitate to take that step, right? It's kind of funny. They don't know quite where to go with it. So we thought, fine, let's just go with vegan we used a, a local um small business called falafel brothers based in Rapongi, um and they gave us as you can see four different types of food there um at, but all completely vegan and we said to them um as far as possible plastic free packaging please um and it, it was just an easy request to make. They were happy to comply with that. It was all sort of cardboard. I think there was a slight bit of plastic wrap on the sandwiches to keep them fresh. That was it. Um, everything else, all the, the cutlery, everything was all paper. Um, and then for drinks, we just said to people, please, you know, this is a sustainability event. Please bring your own cup. Um, we'll have coffee and tea and water available, um, you know, from from large uh coolers and machines but um please bring your own cup people did easy problem solved no single use cups anywhere yeah it's wonderful and it it seems now that we've done it uh, it seems like something other event organizers might be able to try yeah. um i went to an event the other day and the whole focus was on sustainability but when they had snacks and drinks it was all single use and i was asking some people and they're like they didn't make a connection between the topic of the event and what they're doing with snacks and drinks. Right. But what we really tried to do, Tova and I, is every part of the event is showing how it is possible, it is high quality, it is of value 
Yes. Better value than making waste. And then you have a lot less waste to deal with. So I hope even that action, which we didn't really talk about too much during the event, but I hope people notice that it was different and it was purposeful, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if more and more people organizing events, whether that's just inside, you know, your own organization or public ones like we did, you know, if they can just start to um, make those requests when they are, you know, working with the event organizers or the caterers or whatever, then the more people are asking for that, the the more, you know, it will become available. Um, so I think it's definitely a, a that asking part is yes. is the key right yeah. Um, yeah. so i have these beautiful reusable like uh party family bentos stacked i forgot what they're mm. called in japanese but i i collect them because i think they're so beautiful I whenever i see them at antique markets um so i washed it very carefully of course but i took it to the place that uh local place that made our vegan koroke Mm -hmm. And I said, would you be able to use my containers? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. You know, and then we had a local town scone and tea shop. And I asked him as well, would you be able to just give us all the scones in a reusable container? And when I went to pick it up, he had wrapped them so beautifully in fudoshiki for us. Nice. Um, he had these beautiful little teapots that we reused. We had reusable cups and glasses. Mm -hmm. And I think it enhances the experience as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Compare drinking from a glass, drinking from a paper cup is you can't compare that, right? It's right. so much better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've got so stuck on the convenience, I think, of things that we've um you know, forgotten that actually there, there there are better options, there are other options, um, and it gives you a better experience at the end of the day. Yeah, like you say, a glass cup versus a paper cup is is very yeah, different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Hiroshima, we also have a local artist who made some of our uh, gifts that we gave people who came, and mm -hmm. so we gave chopsticks and uh, tea, like a cooler koozie because most of the drinks I had from the cooler were in cans. Uh -huh. So to keep their cans. So I tried to, even for the small gifts, tried to make yeah. it very practical, tried to make it things that are reusable, that they can take on and continue using, hopefully. Yes. Yeah, we had the same theme in Tokyo with the, the gifts we gave to speakers there, which were um, a little can of uh, farm canning sauce, uh, so which is made with uh, kind of the ugly veg that uh, the shops won't take. And they buy that from the local organic farmers and use it to make these wonderful sauces. Um, and then some chocolate from the uh, Choco Labo, which is a social um, social what do you call it, social business based in Yokohama that works with disabled people um, to make this beautiful fair trade chocolate. Um, so ethically sourced, environmentally um, very sound, and it's you know really great for the community as well. So we were, again, sending messages with, with what we were providing there as well. Yeah, wonderful. Um, so going forward, I think we've talked a bit about the venues, we've talked a bit about the speakers and what we tried to do as organizers. Uh, going forward, we're thinking of trying another event in Hiroshima, in Onomichi, uh, in July. So I'm just putting that target out there. I'm now searching for speakers and a venue, um, hopefully participants as well. 
Um, Onomichi is a fabulous historical place and a lot easier to get to than Mitarai. I was so happy to support Mitarai. It's a really interesting rural town, but it's very hard to get to. Um, Onomichi is right connected to Shinkansen and train lines and buses. And it's connected to the Shimanami Kaido cycling route. So you can even cycle there if you'd like to. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. And then you're thinking of a future event in September, is that right? Tom? Yeah. So um, because of sort of other work going on um, with clients, it's a, a little bit difficult to do anything sooner than that. But we are thinking perhaps in sort of late September, um, doing something focused on a specific industry. So either uh, food industry or um, fashion apparel will probably be the, the focus of it. Um, and the idea will be to bring together um, consumers and industry so that the, the voices have been heard either side um, and to sort of similar format to what we did at the event on the 14th of May, but to, to make it much more industry specific, therefore really, really practical takeaways for, for both sides. Um, so very, very just sort of nascent stages of planning at the moment, but uh, more to come on that. Yeah, exciting. And I think because the women that I see doing the most interesting projects in the Hiroshima area are in the rural areas and rural uh, revival is such a big issue, yeah. um, especially for, you know, you're in the big city, we're much more rural where we are. So I think for this year, we will focus on being in less city center, yep. more rural uh, destinations and have this component with tourism. Yeah. As yeah, sustainable tourism, as a, a way to talk about improving your business brand, improving your destination brand to be more sustainable because it appeals to international visitors and international residents who we know are thinking about sustainability a little bit more than the average local consumer in Japan. Um, I know one of the facilitators on your side, James Hollow, mm -hmm. has done some wonderful research in that area. And the comparisons with uh, people in other countries and Japan, it is really a big gap. Um, so when you do connect sustainability in action to tourism, it seems to have more relevance in mm. many ways for businesses and destination yeah. managers. Well, I think that relevance point is is the key, right? Because um, Angela Ortiz in her uh, keynote presentation was saying that, you know, nobody listens to what you have to say until it matters to their lives. And I think that was such a powerful takeaway for everyone um that you can you can have the best logic ever that makes perfect sense for you you go out there you're telling your story you're you know being the the, the change champion but nobody's listening until it makes sense to them in their context in their lives um and that's exactly like you're saying there you know the these small local businesses they've been doing things the same way for years or the hotels or the restaurants and why would they change unless it actually makes sense for them um, as a business and it's going to impact how they're perceived by their potential customers, then suddenly that's relevant, that matters. So I think if we can find those um, sort of leverage points, um, and, and Angela was talking about um, sort of trying to identify what is the story in their heads, 
going on um, and tapping into that um, and understanding for them what are their concerns, their pressures, and presenting this, you know, what it is you have to say, here's something that will help you with that. Um, then all of a sudden, I think people are a lot more open to listening. Yeah. Absolutely. And our last uh, discussion activity uh, at the end in the groups, uh, one of I asked them to write keywords and share their keywords. And I expected a lot of the same keywords to come up. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so interesting to see so many keywords. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the more common keywords was connection and making connections, making mm -hmm. connections to other people, making connections to what's possible, making connections to your own action in mm -hmm. work and life. So I thought that was really great. Any final takeaways from the feedback mm -hmm. or the discussion sessions on your side? For, for us, um, we can see there, we did a sort of graffiti board takeaway. We had six of these boards, double-sided. People were just going around putting what they were thinking about and, and building on each other's ideas. And you can see things like educate going up. And then somebody had said, maybe it's on another board, not here, but um, share what you know and ask what you don't know. Um, so not being afraid to, to say, actually, I don't know about how to do this or, you know, is it composting or where can I get this or how do I do that? Go and ask don't be shy or afraid to do that um, and another key word that came up was collaboration between multiple stakeholders so whether that's companies working with consumer groups and mpos and other areas you know, educational facilities for example influence and impact kind of really connecting different stakeholders to, to learn from each other yeah. And I think we we had that uh, similar topics and and takeaways from our group in Hiroshima too. Mm -hmm. I need to communicate about what yeah. work I'm doing and find my people, like mm -hmm. finding your tribe, uh, yeah. connecting with others, supporting others. These are all great lessons. I'm so happy this this was such a success. Yay! Yes. No. No. It was brilliant. Really. Wonderful day, came away with such a buzz. Um, really excited to, to see where this goes and, and where we can take it. So uh, stand by for <laughs> future yeah. announcements on that and we hope. And, and for anybody involved. who bought tickets, uh, we are sending out links to the videos. We're starting to get them up for you um, as an added value. So if you missed anything on the Hiroshima side or the Tokyo side, we hope that you'll be able to watch at your leisure and, and take in some of these things that you may have missed. Yeah, um, so we're working on that now, plus the sort of event summary for all of the different uh, parts of the day in both venues as well. Yeah, uh, we have one very difficult question, I think. How difficult is it to get government, local or otherwise, involved in these events? Mm -hmm. I would say it's it's kind of, it is difficult on different levels, right? Like for mm -hmm. what Tova and I are trying to do, nobody is really doing it this way yet. So even explaining why it was different or how, what our philosophy was, yeah. it, we need to invite people from government and invite people from the corporate world to come and be involved. And then hopefully they can become ambassadors for yeah. developing these events further. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so far we, we haven't had the, the government involvement 
um, in these events, but I would really be interested to explore that going forward, um, particularly at the local government level, I think, getting them involved. There's some good stuff going on. Um, and if we can make them feel good about sharing that and influencing other sort of wards, districts to, to take action as well, that would be great. So, um, yeah, good good question. Thank you. And uh, definitely something we'll keep in mind. And, and because Tova and I are both consultants as well, if you do have an event that you would like to uh, make more actionable sustainability models or any of the elements that we've done in our events, we would be happy to consult uh, with you and help you develop events that fit your needs more specifically. Absolutely. Yeah. Do reach out if you have any questions. Or yeah, definitely. Help. Well, thank you so much, Tova. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for joining. And uh, hopefully we'll have more information soon about upcoming events. But I think we're going to keep trying to have these short talks uh, once a week and talk about uh, sustainability in Japan ideas. What do you think, Tova? Can we keep it up? Uh, once a week might be challenging, but we'll do our best. At least a couple of times a month, I think we can commit okay, to. Twice a month. That'll be our goal. You heard it here. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, everyone, for joining. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Round and around and around in the middle of my classroom. I show my tears to you. I'm stronger. I dropped the armor. Now I'm bolder.